0: Welcome to The Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth.
1: Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth. Hopefully everything is good with you and your family. You're staying clean. You're washing your hands. You're staying out of grown folks' faces, right? Because that uh, corona is real. So before we go into the show, like you sir like you heard earlier i want you guys to understand that this is a controversial topic and i just want to make sure that the individuals that's watching we love our guests and everything but there may be some things that younger individuals at least the age of 14 and below they might not be able to take and understand however we encourage you to explain to them what we're talking about afterwards okay because the you know sometimes our uh, vernacular can be a little colorful but however we want to make sure that you're still as far as the parenting or guardian can articulate what we're trying to say and how we can help them in the future if this is your first time being on make sure you go to the stream yard Okay, go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook so that your comments can be posted. Say good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. What's going on? We appreciate y'all. All right. Now, of course, I couldn't do this by myself. Got my den up in here and in the, in the fellas and also lioness y'all going to see in the moment but um i do want to give a shout out to herm i'm not saying not herm excuse me big will he's not going to be on this afternoon he's taking care of some things he's getting ready to deploy so of course give him your prayers and wishes he's going to be gone during the time of the holidays and understand how difficult that can be you know for everyone so hello hello ma'am hello hello how are you so in the den. Got big Larry. How you feeling, bro?
2: Hey, man. It's another wonderful Sunday. Great start to the week. You know, my Rams up kicking tail like usual. So, you know, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go.
1: Bro, why are you say like usual? You like and usual, I. You heard what I said. Hey, you, you and I. We do. Uh, Come on, bro. Like, we, can't, we, we, we just can't do right in the beginning. You know what? No, hey, let's just hold on to that. All right, hold on to that. Hey, speaking of football, <laughs> what's going on, bro?
3: Yo. So, can, can y'all hear me? You know we can't. Check this out, man. All the things that's happening in the black community right now, all the problems we man, have, we're talking about football. Them. You, know you know don't Hey, we got to focus on what's important. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. About
1: hey, no, no
3: because you don't want us to talk about them
1: Titans. I, 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 me,
3: hey, y'all y'all not the holidays upon us, right? Have y'all been into the mall lately? Look, hey. He just a question. A couple of weeks ago. Check it out, man. I saw a Santa in there with a face shield and a mask on. That's how you gonna do it. I'm just
1: saying, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> bro. look, hey, look, <laughs> and you. no kids around like, like huh? you in the den, bro. Look, go <laughs> with hey, the game, man. How you feeling?
3: Man, I'm good, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just another day, uh, living a good life, man. Excited about this show coming on, you know, excited about our, our special guest as well. You know what I mean? Coming on, Miss Sharita Shelby, uh long time. Friend of the uh, friend of the show, you know. what I mean, she's been mm-hmm. on a couple of times, y'all. So y'all should know her face. So. right, right. What's going on, Miss Sharita? How you feeling?
4: <laughs>
1: All right. You, yeah, she's muted. You know, we got to get through it. It's okay. Hey, we seen you, wave. Hey, everybody. There you go, there you go. How you doing this weekend?
5: I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk about this topic today. I'm excited to talk about talk about it, and I'm excited to change somebody's life today. So,
1: thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have the famous infamous right now. We have the the uh, you know what we started a wow. little bit earlier. Look, started a little bit earlier, and I said, "Yes, ma'am." Look, uh, she's—you gonna call me ma'am through the whole show? Yeah, I might get a note because that's our role. But at the same time, we do appreciate you being on, and and we appreciate all of our guests, and and that's all we do with the respect. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up for Miss Mary (laughs) Lamore. How you doing, ma'am? See, I did it again. You muted though.
6: Hey, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So, welcome, welcome, welcome to the den. Welcome to the den. So, you know what? I'll let harm go ahead, brother, and and help introduce Miss Mary. Why? Why was this important, brother?
3: Hey, this show. This show was important. I just want to talk to the audience that's listening right now. This show was important because what i wanted to what we wanted to focus on was letting people know that you know you can always make your way back and i know people ain't blind they see miss mary right now and i would never be able to tell that she's been through what she's been through and i mean honestly you know what i'm saying you're very beautiful you know so i would never been able to tell that she's been through what she's been to through so i'm i'm excited to hear her story and um hopefully help somebody you know that's struggling with their own addiction all right so yeah. miss mary can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: you want to know about myself now or back then you know let's start back then Cause look, hey so check it out we all have a story and you know first of all by the glory of god hey we not what we okay and, and and not just that it's a good thing there wasn't cell phones back then too so if you can go back to back then you know where you started from to where you where you are now we appreciate it
6: Boy, well, man. So, so I think what you're asking is like, uh, when since this show is about addiction, I started drinking at the age of three. I was serving drinks to the grown ups in the parties, and I liked it. Um, and then there's a series of events with incest and and uh, rape and just pain in my life, and and so I graduated to, you know, being the girlfriend of a dope man, and started using the drugs that I was moving for him. Uh, I was out in the streets getting high off of crack cocaine every day for three years, uh, without going home. That was when I left my home. My kids, uh, went through a divorce, uh, lost everything I had, lost my mind and, uh, did that for three years. So, uh, recovery is not easy. Uh, Clarksville is where I live and they didn't have a place for women to go. So I went away to Hopkinsville. Got sober, and I came back, and the Lord put it on my heart. Uh, Butterfly Moments Women's Recovery Center was birthed in the Montgomery County Jail. So um, my story is long, and, and, and to get to where I am today, yeah, it is by the grace of God. I feel like you read my words out of the book, but it is by uh, the grace of God that I am here today sober and able to help someone. I think that's the only thing that will come out of out of um. Addiction, though, when you are sober. I mean, you have you have to help someone when you've gone to hell like I have when you lived in hell, when you were in hell, looking out at people living, because, you know, even in the midst of my addiction, I was sharing um, at the height of my addiction or the low. I was smoking seventeen hundred dollars a day of of crack cocaine. So um, even then, the woman that I am today, I was that woman. In, a, in, a, in an addict behavior's body. So um, that's kind of my story. And today I, I just help other women. And, and right now we're building for veterans. So I help veterans too. I'm just here to tell anyone I've been to hell. I know what addiction is like. I have a flashlight. If I'll come back and get you, you just need to be ready to follow me when we're going out of here.
4: Because
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is a way out.
4: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yes, 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 that's very very, very commendable, very commendable so miss miss Rita, what you have for, ma'am?
5: So I'll start kind of going backwards a little bit. Do you feel that a person has to hit rock bottom in order for them to change their life? I think we've heard about addiction. We all know somebody that has addiction. And I know for me, I've driven people to rehab so many times I can't count, but I know that that time may not have worked or didn't work. And so do you feel a person has to hit their personal rock bottom in order for them to start to change their life and for rehab to work?
6: Good question. That's what I've been told, that you have to hit your bottom. But the thing about it is, is everyone's bottom looks different. I know people who have changed their life because they picked up the kids from school late. And I know others, they've changed because they have been resuscitated five times in one week. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've been taught in the program of um. That, that, yeah, you do need to hit a bottom so that you'll turn and go another way.
2: Mm. All right. Miss Mary, I'm going to take you back down memory lane. So I, I like this show called Snowfall, and I feel like since you brought up 83, which is the year I was born, just so you know, great year. <laughs> but we talked about the 80s, right, and when crack first came onto the scene. Um, what was that like for you as far as I know you said you had pain and there were some things that led up to to your addiction your addiction but what was the scene like when it came to crack cocaine cuz it's not like it is now because nobody knew what they knew then what they know now as far as the addiction and what comes with that that life of using that said drug can you speak on that
6: I absolutely can uh, I I think that it was um it was it, I, I honestly I think it was worse uh and when I say that right now uh, Drugs are are so watered down. So when I started, I was going into homes with people who um, they were using cocaine. They were using powder. They were using all these drugs. But I was coming in to deliver the drug. So I I had a perspective. I'm watching and I'm looking at these people and I see they're just giving me all of their money. And I'm saying, wait a minute. I never want to be like that. (laughs) So so. Uh, some of the scenes that I, I have been in is uh, houses that didn't have electricity, didn't have water. And we're sitting in these people's houses, spending spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know, a night. And, and no one will pay that person's electric bill. Toilets that won't run. Um, windows are cracked and, and uh, with no lights in the house. And everybody has flashlights because it does some weird stuff to your brain make you see things feel things um but back then the the, the crack cocaine was pure you made it how you wanted it was called free basin back then today it's 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 just whatever someone will put together and um pretty much the addiction is insatiable because you're really not getting what you're spending your money for Uh, So I've also been in 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 seven hundred thousand dollar homes with old white men, you know, um, who are paying me to be there and, and use their drugs. So I've been in different places. People are using drugs everywhere. We're so picky about thinking the addict has a certain look. And that's not the truth. The addict may look like something that's familiar to us when they've run out of money and they're walking around and they're dirty or they can't sleep. Well, when I first started um, really doing cocaine, I was working in an AT&T building, uh, getting high and on lunch break. You know, I'm still dressed well. I still had the house. I still had the cars, had my youth. Uh, But it wasn't until... You know, I was homeless and dirty and dusty. That people would look at me different. I could, well, I was, I was about to say I could steal then, I could rob someone then, and they would blame it on someone else, or even say, "Hey, I think I lost my wallet." But in the end stage of it, I was dusty and dirty. They were like, "Mary, you took my wallet,"
4: mm-hmm. you
6: know. So, um, it, 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 it's. People are getting high everywhere, and the environment, uh, you, you you just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, I got high in the church parking lot. Imagine that. Who does that? Nobody's thinking I'm getting high in the church parking lot, but now if you saw me down in the hood sitting in a car, then you would assume I was getting high with the same behavior. So mm-hmm.
3: So, Miss Mary, you was talking about like you work. You was a working woman and was a function was a functioning drug user at the time, right? So, at what point did you start feeling like you was losing control? Like, you, like you was it was slipping out of your control? Because it sounded like you had a control on it. You was able to to do it and still work and still do what you needed to do, but eventually it took a turn for the worse. So, what was that point like?
6: I can't honestly say I've ever been able to um, use um, and not take a toll. There was a time when I could get high and I still had days that I can call into work um, and they wouldn't want to just fire me. Um, I think what you're asking, though, is the day that I um, I made a decision. Other times I was um, I chose to get high and, and I could do it every now and again um then it became i don't know maybe maybe for about 10 years i would get high and then um i could do it for days um then when i lost my family i was using and i i got put out of my house i've had the restraining order from my house and when that happened i was seeing my children my children my two oldest were old enough to uh, I rented I had a rental car and they were old enough to come and see me one of the our low points of that is when I really sold out to drugs is I was in a hotel room and my children were co- coming to see me to get the rental car and I I wasn't I wasn't going anywhere because adult man would come to me and when I'm in this hotel room, I, I recognize and a thought came to me. I've been with this man all these years, more than 15, 17 years, and I don't miss him. And it hit me. I just wasted all these years of my life. And I've settled. I settled for things that I didn't need to settle for. I sold my soul for just to get high. But at that point, I made a decision that I want to be numb, but I toyed with that. And when I wanted to be numb that time, I I tried an overdose. That didn't work. Somebody knocked on the hotel room door. Hey, housekeeping. You know, I had already paid for the room. So I knew then that was God looking out for me. Um, But after that. After that, I started getting high every day, storing up dope so that I wouldn't even have to go out of the house. I was in when I say pain. One thing I always said is that when I die, if you can just put best mom on my headstone, I've arrived. Well, I left my children at the house and I knew they weren't being treated uh, right. I knew they had their needs met. They had food, water, you know, clothing, Jordan still, but they weren't being treated with the love that I have. But I didn't have that in me then because I, I played with dope long enough. Pills. I was on pills, though. The progression went from alcohol to weed to men to clothes, to men, to pills uh, when I had surgeries, uh, pain pills. And um, I stopped using pills because one day I was was cooking. And always, I love to get my kids from the school bus. I was cooking at the stove and I heard the school bus coming. And as I'm cooking, because I love to have a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was at the stove and I fell back. Boom! It was a lot of times when I felt unbalanced. But this time I fell and I hit my head and, and I heard my children getting off the school bus and they were coming in the door. So I vowed I'm not going to do pills anymore. So I started selling my pills to get crack cocaine. Mm. And I just, I got, uh, I wanted to be numb. And everybody, when I went into the dope house, they knew that she said, don't bother her. Oh, she, she's here. It was, it was almost like I was there, but I wasn't even there. You know, it was I knew I didn't belong there. Like I said, the woman I am today was the woman I took into that house. The woman that I am today was the woman who was under the influence of this drug or needed more of it That I'm with men. And I don't want to say I'm better than, but I was better than that. You know, I, I knew it and I was doing things that I wasn't created to do. But I want to say this, if I had not done all that stuff, I wouldn't be where I am today because I hated addicts. I thought they were weak, inconsiderate, low-lifes that just lied all the time. Truth is, um, addiction is a disease, and nobody knows that they're an addict until it it just just takes over all of a sudden. But I did. I made the choice to get high. I did that. That was my choice. And daily, I make a choice not to get high anymore.
1: M- Mary, yeah. Mary, you know what? This this is huge. This is huge. Um, boy, you know, it. so many things were going through my mind. I was picturing things. So I'm originally from Detroit and I would see a lot in the 90s. And I remember a time when a young lady went to a trap house, crack house, and she was young, maybe like 10, 11, and she tried to get a bump. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a small amount of, of crack. But she tried to buy that with a food stamp right across the street, right? And her that's what her mother gave her to get her crack. So with that mm. said, I, I, I've seen the lows in my you know just from my perspective and not being an addict but what that can do and so uh, and shout out to everybody that's watching right now but here's a question she says that she stopped smoking cigarettes 10 years ago and she have to fight the urge to to not start every single day so the question is what keeps you from going back to being you know to the addiction and also how long have you been sober
6: I've been sober eight years and well two months. Mm-hmm. This time, this is my final time, uh, eight years and two, mm-hmm. <laughs> and two months. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what keeps me from going back? I think Herman was mentioned Herman, uh, page 10 in the book. I'm not trying to do a plug for the book, but he mentioned page 10. And that's the where I stopped smoking cigarettes just because of the question. Cigarettes were harder for me to stop than the cocaine was. Mm-hmm. Um, I got sicker from stopping the cigarettes than I did from the cocaine. So what keeps me going back now is that I have learned um, that I'm an addict. I know my boundaries. I know my limitations. I know my lows. And I had a chance. I, I when when that door opened for me. I ran like I was being chased. And the truth is I was being chased because the addiction is really strong. It's really heavy. Uh, I do believe that people can, you can go and get someone and get them to a professional that can help them and their life can be changed even before they think that they're ready. Ignorance keeps people high. Mm. I don't understand it's a disease. I cannot make my mind stop. So once you do the drug, it's hard to stop. Now you're on this, you have this compulsion. It's, I gotta have, I have to have. And it's at any cost, even at your daughter's cost with a food stamp. You know, even at the cost of me um, watching, leaving my children, um, missing high school graduations, missing Christmas, um, missing babies being born, not being invited to the birthday party, you know, my grandson's first birthday party. <sighs> The thing that keeps me—I I learned, I've learned—to um, use a twelve-step program, mind you, y'all. Let me back up. Some y'all do understand. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
4: Okay.
6: <laughs> okay. So, so um, I want to add this. So many people say, "Take them to the altar, just pray it away, and that's that." Yeah. Well, that didn't work for me. I, I'm a different kind. So people were praying for me and I knew they. when I got delivered, I knew it. I knew God had took, taken me out of that, but I didn't know what to do with my thoughts and my feelings, my emotions. So I went back. So once you try it again and toy with those thoughts long enough. You'll go back. If you think about it long enough, you're going right back to it. And I think that's with anything in life. It can be chocolate chip cookies. You know, it can be the other man. If I had a relationship wrong with someone else, let me think about him long enough. And and cocaine was my my other everything. I can think about the smell of it, the 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 color of it, the um the way, you know, you, you I don't know if y'all know about getting high, but um you use this um Brillo and just the just the feel of the metal sticking in my hand. I thought about that long enough. I wanted to be doing that because that was one of the steps to me getting high. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have I have had to really change my thinking. And the way that I change my thinking is, of course, I've learned a 12 step program. I I stay in the word. I stay in the word. Uh, I have cut so many people off. You know, while Butterfly Moments all of a sudden is growing and people are recognizing it, people are starting to come back to me. But I have to stay safe because I, my name is Mary and I am an addict to the core. And while everybody else can toy with lies and, 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 and like disrespecting people or stealing or just taking a little bit from over here, I can't even play with my grocery bill, my grocery money. I cannot have $100 to spend on groceries and only spend 95 Damn. My Damn. My thinking has changed because it was so many times that I would have that $100 and I'll put 5 on groceries and <laughs> take that back to the store if I needed to. Um, so everything that I do, I'm in it 100%. I am sold out to recovery and not just being in recovery, being the woman God's called me to be, being the mom that I'm called to be, being the yah yah that's what my grandkids call me, that I'm called to be, being the friend, the sister, the daughter. Uh, I'll never forget one time my mom said to me, well, Mary Catherine, why don't you uh, just come home? You know, you can get high in the room, just come home. And when, I mean, even today, the thought of my mom saying that, I love you enough that I'll take you just as you are. She deserved more than that. My mom raised me well. He didn't raise me like that. And I had my family settling for less than what we are. And I do today. I know my worth. I know who I am. And I'm not afraid to tell someone else, hey, I see in you who you are. So come on and let me help
0: you. Right. This
6: is all about going back. And I would do it a thousand times again just to be able to help somebody. Yes. I'm talking. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. And and I'm glad you talked about that because we got to take a little break. But when we come back, we want to talk about a question that uh, came up in the chat about your uh, your your organization, right? And and how you help individuals in the you know, the help women. And then also this is the place to plug your book. So it's no problems with that. But ladies and gentlemen, please stick around. This is what we do. We're going to get right back to it. Make sure you're sharing this too. Hopefully you're sharing this. We appreciate it. Let us know that you're sharing this because it makes sense. This is some good, good stuff. So we'll be right back. Stick around in the den. Monique Slater is a top-negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building generational wealth through home ownership while providing exceptional service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time home owners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get individuals into a home. Mention you heard this ad on the Lions Den with Seth and get a $500 rebate from Monique at closing. After servicing in the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. and your referral will get a special gift card from Monique. If you're in the San Antonio area or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Her number is 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700 and that's inside Scott VFW post 4183 and they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions dance sent you. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Want to welcome you back. Want to welcome you back to the Lions Den. We have an outstanding show. We have the road to recovery with Miss Marilyn Moore. Yes. Man, man, man. Yes. This, this, this is dope. This is a dope show. Excuse the pun, but we're talking about, I know, isn't that horrible? Look at me. Look, is he, but no, look, we're talking about addiction and how an individual deals with it and from the outside looking in, it's just we can always judge. We we're quick to judge a person when they're dealing through things, but we're we're not quick to help or to use that, I guess, that empathy to put ourselves in their shoes because we've never had to. But an addiction, just like she was stating earlier, is a true, true disease. So I'm passing the mic over to Miss Sharita. You ready, ma'am?
5: so um as you said i think that everybody is aware of your addiction but i think everybody at home uh, many people suffer with different addictions cigarettes food sex i think there's even addiction to toxic relationships just from a mental health perspective and with that being said i guess my question is do you feel like when you have an addiction can you get better with someone that shares that same addiction Or with someone that also shares an addictive personality as you try to get better yourself?
6: Can you get better? Uh, uh, Birds of a feather flock together. Um, You stay in the bar long enough, you're going to get drunk. Um, If two people are together long enough, my husband used to tell me that. Uh, If two people are together long enough, one of them is going to change. So we have to be very careful who we allow in our circle. Uh, No, 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 no. I don't think um, it's healthy for two people to be together thinking that it's going to be okay. Somebody's got to do something different. Someone has to do something different. So, no, I don't suggest let me talk about myself i can't stay sober if i'm in the dope house just chilling i therefore there for a really-
1: ain't no such thing just chilling in the dope house when you're when you're an addict or recovered yeah. addict
6: yeah mm. cuz even now even now i've actually gone to pick women up hey come on i'll be there in an hour you be sitting outside with your bags cuz i'm going to take you to treatment I have my sponsor on the phone, and I'm not going in that house, and I'm not getting ready to sit out here ten minutes waiting on you. Get in the car and let's go, because I don't. That's not even my scene anymore. You know, I, I'm not even. That's not who I am. I want to be around those who will lift me up, will hold me accountable. And people did hold me accountable in the dope house. They knew if there was one thing going to happen, Mary was going to bring some cat. Become cat. I made that name up. Cat okay, was going to bring some money. So they held me accountable to that. Don't man it. They, they, they held me accountable. And that was the company that I kept. Today, my board members hold me accountable. My children hold me accountable. Um, the women that I help hold me accountable. The builder who who has given his heart to this ministry to build for us and to, to just be supportive. He's holding me accountable to be who I said that I am today.
4: Uh-huh. So
6: no. Get out of there.
4: So could
5: you return home to an addict, though? Because a lot of times after recovery, people return back to their houses with that same old partner. They return back to their same neighborhood. They return back to, you know, familiar areas and people. And I'm just wondering, what do you think about that as far as, you know, going for treatment and returning back to the same as same atmosphere that was present before you went and got the treatment? I don't
6: suggest that I came back and I got drunk. And when I got drunk, I, I got high. My, the first time that I was sober, it was for almost two years, and I relapsed for five months. I was in the dope house for five months, and when it came to me, it, I was it was like three months. And when I realized, oh, my gosh, I, I still remember leaving work, and now I'm in the dope house. I hadn't called the love of my life. I hadn't called my children. I didn't call my mom. I didn't call anybody. I went back to a home. My drug of choice is crack cocaine, but I went back to a home where there was alcohol. Who was? It was being consumed by someone who's absolutely a responsible drinker. No, that's what Butterfly Moments is for. So when you get out of treatment, you don't have to go home. Come on, let me help you to get gain some life skills, some budgeting, learn how to get up, wash your face, brush your teeth, cook a meal every day, make a sandwich, put on some clean clothes, iron, wipe your table, change the light bulbs if they're out. You know, those are things that we take for granted today, but that's not what's going on in the life of an addict.
1: You know, I was going to ask this, and this is a good question. So, what determines sobriety? Is it considered clean if an addict stopped using drugs but continues to drink alcohol? What would you say about that?
6: Alcohol is a drug.
1: Mm-hmm. Clearly, yeah.
6: Yeah, Alcohol is a drug. One of uh, uh, the uh, one of the guys that I work with uh, as a substance abuse counselor. Oh man, he I'll never forget that day. They were talking about how alcoholics are, you know, it's a lesser drug. We want to judge and put labels or or levels on. I'm only drinking. You're only that. You're doing this. Uh, he screamed so loud. Alcohol is my liquid crack cocaine. Mm. I'm never. I get chill thinking about it because. I, and he broke through. Then he broke through, and he's been sober. Um, but but it hit him alcohol is a drug sex is a drug sex with someone who's not your spouse is a drug sex when with someone and you've made a decision to i don't even know why i got on sex and the sex when you've made a decision to stay abstinent until you get married that's your drug shopping is a drug um getting your hair done your nails done you know um losing weight gaining weight lying cheating manipulating going to church I made working in the church my drug. Being a wife to someone who's insatiable. Um I made all of that. All of that, all of that. I can turn in buying eyeglasses, candles from bath and body. You know, everyone has something. But everyone's something doesn't take them into a crack house on their knees with people they don't belong with. Mm. Or running out of Walmart with TVs. You can't say that stuff until the statute of limitations are up. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, just uh, you know, um, but everyone's drug doesn't take them to that level. So as far as I'm concerned, lies, manipulation, all of that for me can take me back. So certainly, um, I would say don't drink. Alcohol is a alcohol is a drug and that's just a a reason to think um you're not an addict.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I guess oxtails is my drug. Yeah, mm. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll answer, listen, look, let me tell you something about this. <laughs> it's barbecue chicken in the morning. Oh, yeah.
3: real no, a- barbecue ribs. It was barbecue. Hey, man, get that monkey off your back. Well, yeah. a- anyway, so oxtails yeah. is my drug, apparently. Yeah. Miss well, uh, Mary, yeah. so I was reading your book, 20, 28 Days in Still an Attic, and it details. um your time you know as you're as you're getting sober i'm assuming this book was written while you were in rehab is that correct
6: oh no 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 this was written after matter of fact the book is uh based upon my journaling right while i was yes yes but it was written way after that okay Way after rehab yeah
3: so in in the book, I was reading you know how hard it was on you um the first especially the first initial days when it's talking about your your teeth, your skin, and day ten was your hardest day um the day that you thought that you weren't going to make it can you Can you talk about that day uh, a little bit for us to okay. describe why that was your hardest day
6: um I don't know why it was my hardest day, but I do remember it. I remember that. Day was my breakthrough. My, ch- I knew that day. Um, I just knew. So so I was a cusser then and, and I pulled the book out because I knew you were going to ask me about it. And it says, oh, man, this day is the most crucial of all days. I feel like I'm dying. My entire body is shutting down. My eyes are running with tears and cold My mouth is peeling on the inside. My throat is involuntarily swallowing. My back aches. My urine is dark orange. My hands and feet are peeling. My skin is itching and peeling. I can't see clearly in the same glasses that worked just fine yesterday. I'm feeling dizzy, achy, like the flu, but worse. And I'm sweating. My Stomach hurt. Um, I believe a lot of addiction is... is, uh, is spiritual. And I know that I had begin to pray by then. And I, I just remember that day, that whole day was fuzzy. Like I was on the outside looking in and I was telling myself, come on, you can make it. You can make it. But I had to get through that stuff. The reason I was feeling like that is $1,700 of crack cocaine a day. Man, my tears were I, like, um, were white salty. Oh, I can't even think like like the salt crystals. Um, everything that I did, my hairs when I washed it still smelled like the dope house. Um, that was just a turning point for me. And it was a day that so many times in the past, I got to day 10. But because of those things, looking at my hands, oh wow, I'm so amazed at how what God's done with my hands today. But but to get to day ten and still see the scars on my hands. It was hard to see.
4: Okay,
1: hold on one second. We're having some technical okay. No, we're good. All right, go ahead, we can hit it up. Go ahead, Larry.
2: All right, Ms. Mary, I want to talk about the uh, recovery process, you know, the treatment. You mentioned the 12-step, talked about having a sponsor and that support system. Can you hone in on how important it is to get programs like this funded versus, especially for nonviolent, you know, uh, addicts uh, versus just throwing them in jail because they stole out of Walmart or whatever, like actually treating the root cause of their problems.
6: Oh, it's a game changer. First, let me say the 12 step program is a free program. All it requires you is to show up, just get in there, buckle down, listen and start being around your people that you want to be like. And that's sober people. Um, yeah. Throwing people in jail because of the addiction. You know, we're starting to see a little change in that. Just a very little change where the, um, the courts will allow you or send you mandate you to some kind of treatment. I say amen to that. There are so many people who are sitting in the jails who are not prisons. Um, and they don't even remember the, how they got the charges. Mm. You know, don't even remember. I remember I was facing, this is a moment of transparency. I was facing, I was in the jail and they were bringing me uh, indictment after indictment after indictment. I mean, they were taking me out of the cell to rearrest me to put me back in the cell. And I'm like, wow. I did that. I did that. <laughs> I did that. But I'm like, yeah, but I don't even remember $1,700 a day um, equated the, the way that I'm able to calculate that is because I remember the men in the days. I remember the men on Wednesdays, they brought this money. That was the guy with all the dollar bills. On, on Sundays, this guy used to bring fives and a whole lot of dollar bills. Today, I have a better understanding of why that of that situation. But um I didn't even I wasn't aware I was under the influence of a drug. A drug that had me doing all kinds of things. So can you imagine how under the influence talking about alcohol and how it's a drug you know how many people have DUIs because they were driving? Now, how many people have a homicide charge or a vehicular homicide charge? Because And they don't even remember. It just felt like they slammed their car door. And that was a life. Why, putting them in jail. OK, somebody needs to feel justified in this. But as an addict, help me, even if I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life. Give me something to help me make my days worthwhile. Let me know who I am so I'm not living with myself, hating myself. Mm. Because once I came to understanding that I am an addict, things started looking different. I knew what my enemy was. And when you know the enemy, you can fight back. Or you can say, hey, I'm in this ring, you beat me all the time, you just keep beating me, I'm going to die here. But there is a choice to be made, and that choice is real. And I just, I strongly suggest to families, you know, we always enable, if I don't give it to us, somebody else will. If I don't this, then this will happen. If, if, if she's going to stop talking to us, or or, or he's going to go, my husband's going to go mess around with some other woman, she'll let him in the house. So what? Let him go. My sponsor taught me you cannot. I don't have the right to take someone's bottom. And if I keep building them, building them up so that they never reach that bottom, I can watch them die. Mm. Someone's bottom might be that overdosing and we them until, you know, the hospital, the EMT gets there. How dare I take that from them and how dare. We as a society keep giving money to people. We'll give money to someone that we know that they're high. We know it, but won't give money to an organization that's filtering that and getting, taking that money and putting it somewhere where I can get your mom or your sister or your auntie or even your uncle, your dad, your granddad. Cause let me tell you, drugs can go from, from, from 12 to 112. I'm in a dope house with a lady who was on oxygen, but she she was smoking and it smoking cigarettes and smoking dope, and you need
1: fire for that. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hold on, hold on, wait. You mean to tell me somebody was in the trap house with an oxygen needed oxygen? They were so old needed oxygen, but still lighting up the pipe. Is that what you're saying?
6: No, I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you, and I was sitting right there saying, hey, what's up? What you got
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes, there's no, I mean, with pacemakers, people, we get everywhere, you know, um, and we just have to, it's time to recognize it and to stop enabling. The first thing that a family wants to do is to feel shame. And we're gonna cover this up. You going in that room, don't come for Thanksgiving, don't come for Christmas, and we wanna act like it's not real. Mm. It's still real.
4: Yep,
1: Sharita. You (laughs) ready?
5: This is great. I mean, this is just what people need to hear, and I think we all need to hear because I think we all have a cousin, a mama, a friend, or ourselves that have sat in these shoes and have been enablers to other people. So, with that being said, what would you say? What was the process for you to restore yourself and your family, and how important was forgiveness after addiction? Oh,
6: forgiveness is everything, uh, and it's a process. It's a process. I left my children at a young age, um, and, and then they were the really young or they were uh, teenagers and they felt my absence. Forgiveness is so important, but I can't come. Uh, It's something we call living amends. You don't get sober and then three days later come saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're living amends. You're doing the next right thing. You're being honest. You're being open. I stole my mom's jewelry. I still, still one piece. I haven't, I haven't been able to find to give back to her, uh, to purchase it back. Um, When my mom was um, battling cancer, stage four, the family got together and signed the house over to me, her house. So um, healing, healing is so important. But we can't heal when we're in denial, and we can't heal when we keep allowing. You can't keep allowing me as an addict to come to you and I ask you for $40 and that rings a bell. I've been sober three months. Don't give me the $40. Take me to Walmart. Buy me some groceries. And if I say, no, I don't want to go. You know what I was about to do with that $40. My my kids tell me now. (laughs) They say if I ask them for $20, they're like, wait a minute, mom. If I asked for like what have been a bubble, what you need? You I could ask for increments 15, 30, 45. I could ask them for hundreds. No, just don't ask for that twenty or forty dollars. Somehow that's the mentality. But um healing is very possible. But uh, my family healing is a direct result of my changing. They know. needed me to fix, to repair the broken places. There's a place in all of our hearts that only mama can fit. Just like we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, we have a mama-shaped. And mama might be auntie to some, grandma to some, but that place is only for mom. And until that place is filled, I can't expect my children to heal. You know, my mom to heal, um, society to heal. You know, still to go back and say, hey, um, my name is Mary and I'm such an alcoholic addict and, you know, I'm sorry I stole your jewelry. I'm sorry I did that. I, I, That was me walking up and down the street when y'all were having church. I wanted to come in, but I just I wasn't dressed for it. So today, if I see a woman out there, I'm like, hey, you want to come to church? Come on, I'll get you an outfit. I keep closing my trunk. Get in this car. Let's go. Some baby wipes, wipe your face. Come on, get in this car. Let's go get the word. Um, and God, oh God, God, I had to go to God. I have a, I, I trust God. I, I love the Lord. I'm saved. I'm Christian. Um, and I had to go to God and ask for that forgiveness. God, help me. This is who I am. And I did that. Oh, my gosh. I did that to the love of my life, to my husband's family. Um that was humming. I had to go to mom and auntie and, and, and sisters and brothers and say, Hey y'all, I'm sorry I hurt. Mama, I'm sorry I hurt your son. Hurt your uncle, I'm sorry. And not just I'm sorry, but I'm an addict. And um he's loved me through it. And and thank y'all for loving me through it too. So um healing happens, but I'm responsible. Because I've lied and I've cheated so many times that It just sounds like another time when I come and say, I'm sorry. But when I'm starting to restore that jewel, give that jewelry back, and I'm going to the store, and when I say, I'm going to Walmart, and I come right back, and when I say, hey, I'm going to show up for the birthday party, and I am there, when I go to work, call, I used to do that. I had to call and say, hey, I'm leaving the house, I'm going to such and such, just to restore trust. If I ever relapse, y'all, I'm going to be in the house on chestnut, that third house on the right in the dip. That's where I'll be. Y'all come get me. Don't leave me out here to die. I don't want to be out there. So transparency, integrity. um.
4: Mm.
1: You know what? I commend you. I really do. I really do. Because with you saying just the word "I'm sorry" isn't enough. A- "I'm sorry" is an action, right? It is an action word, and being able to do the things that's necessary to build that trust back, brick by brick by brick, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and being transparent about it—that that's huge. That that is real huge. That is really huge. Wow. Well, look, I, I know we're, <laughs> look, we're getting in it with time, but um, I, I do want to give you a moment to uh, get it in. Hold on, one minute. What you got, brother?
7: How
1: I sound, still sound like Mickey Mouse, bro. Really, yeah, but that's okay. Go ahead, it's all check check
7: it out. Uh, Miss Mary,
1: (laughs) put that bass in your voice, hey, hey,
7: Hey, Miss Mary.
1: There you go. Look, you got a beard on it. Sounded
7: (laughs) my question for you is that you know, this situation affects more than just the addicts, you know, family members are affected as well. Uh, just because somebody's an addict doesn't mean people stop loving them, and then those people want to do all they can to help them you know what i mean they look at them like man i wish i could just do something if i could just say something or take them somewhere what would what would you tell that person that's struggling with you know how how can they help their friend their loved one that is uh struggling with addiction what, what is the best thing they can do as far as helping their, that person
4: get
6: them to someone who can help if i was shot you wouldn't try to help me. you you would call the doctor you call the EMT. Get you them know, to someone who can help. But when we're feeling shame, uh, uh, we don't want anybody to know this is going on in the family, especially the black family. We're good to take stuff to the grave or we're good to say, Oh, it's always been like that. That's just how they could have wrote me off. Matter of fact, they wrote me up a couple of times, but get me to someone who can help me. My family took my ID, my they took my driver's license, anything that I could have used to continue to get high. They took it. They hid it. Because they left me to make some decisions on my own. So don't sugarcoat it. Get their very life. Someone's life depends on you saying no. When they say, well, I hate you and I'm never going to talk to you again. okay, I love you and I'm here. But you have to have boundaries and get them to someone don't be don't act as if you're the only one your family's the only family it's happening everywhere
4: Mm.
6: it's happening from the from the um projects to the everywhere y'all everywhere and it's in our neighborhoods today it's an epidemic so we know it's everywhere so no shame um don't feel sorry it's time for some tough love it's time to say hey i love you enough i'm calling mary
1: (laughs) all right mary
6: how can i help
1: mary look while we're running low but on the time and i you have a lot to offer and i think i think it's a good idea to bring you back to most definitely for part two but what i want to do is give you an opportunity to talk about the butterfly moments women's recovery and the 20 days and still an addict so first year organization you want to talk about that real quick
6: absolutely butterfly moments women's recovery center we're based in clarksville but we will help women all over the united states Uh, it's a three to six month program in a home you're going to the the home and it looks like grandmama's home and when you get in there you're getting some grandma love hey get up wash your face we teach you teach you how to just live daily uh learn a 12-step program um um get you connected with mental health. You know, mental health, a lot of people um self medicate, uh, and that's that's a whole nother show. Uh, but self medicating get you to someone who's gonna give you some legal medication that understanding you're an addict. Um so three to six months women coming from prison. We are our Department of Corrections approved. Um we need a lot of funding. We have some funding um We have we're a peer support system. That means everyone that's around us is in recovery and we're helping each other. The women are held, have accountability for one another. And we're also building um, veteran homes right now uh, because veterans are overlooked. And just to have an understanding that we are available, um, I'm on. we're on the website, butterflymomentsinc.org. You can give there to help. You can come to, to that website to get more information for someone else. But um, um, Butterfly Moments is here. We're moving slowly. But the number of lives that are being changed is tremendous. It's tremendous. I'm
1: grateful. All right. And a little bit about your, your book.
6: Oh, 28 days and still an addict before I got my wings. This is a story when I was in treatment. Um, I, I had I wrote a journal and I was get they were the treatment center was giving me writing assignments as punishment. They didn't know that I'm a writer. Right? <laughs> um, they didn't know that I was a writer and I knew I was a writer, but I was so far gone from it. So this is a book that um It just tells a story. Yes, it's going to be hard. It's going to have to start with day one. Feel it. Embrace it. If you feel like you're going to die, at least you're going to die sober. At least you're going to die sober. Come on home. Someone's here to help you. Um, And this is my life work. I I quit my full time job to do butterfly moments. No pay. I love it. I love to see the light, the life come back into your eyes. So come on now. You're not alone. No. People
1: do understand, yes. Where can individuals find your book? Amazon, it's on Amazon, <laughs> Amazon right on. Well, look, hold on. But so, Miss Sharita, what do you have, ma'am? Last thought,
5: first of all, I think this was a very empowering show. I think no matter where you are, whether you have an addiction or not, I think it spoke to everyone. I would just like to say, as a mental health clinician, that anybody who wants to change remember it just starts at one moment at a time one minute sometimes one hour one day one week and then a lifetime so anytime people tell me they want to change sometimes they give me a list and then they want to be better tomorrow but tomorrow it starts by the steps that you take today so for anybody trying to work on addiction or change something in them i say start today start this minute start this hour and get you a therapist because therapy works if you're ready to work Yes, it does. right on
1: right on yes Hey Larry. What you
2: got, Larry? Yeah, yeah, Miss Mary, I want to thank you for being transparent. I want to thank you for your testimony. I want to thank you for just giving us the insight of the life of a recovering addict. You know, that was really, really powerful. But I also want to thank you for giving that one point when you talked about tough love and enabling an addict. So if they're asking for money versus giving them money, go get them the food, the clothes, or whatever it is, you're still supporting, but you don't have to just give them the money to get them off because you're not helping them, you're enabling them. And I think that is a point well taken because I truly believe in toughness. So thank
1: you <laughs> yeah, for sharing. You go ahead, Herman. What you got, bro? Hey,
7: Mickey Mouse here. Am I good?
1: Yeah, you good. <laughs> All
7: right, check it. Hey, Miss Mary, you know, I, I really want to thank you for coming on to this show. Um, And it, it is truly, Truly a story that everybody needed to look to coming from where you came from uh, in the crack houses, doing whatever you can to get that next hit to standing here, uh, leader of your own private org, helping people that were in your shoes. I believe you're you're a college graduate now. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. all these accolades that you was able to achieve, even though you started the way you started. That should be a testament to everybody that's listening. Like, look, just because you're there, you do not have to stay there. You know what i mean just because you were there you do not have to stay there there's always there's always opportunities always chance for you to get better thank you miss mary for coming on and, and sharing your story with us
6: You're
1: welcome. yes ma'am and so look I, this was an outstanding outstanding show and i'm just not even going to echo what everyone else said because it, they hit it and they said it but i do again want to thank you for being on taking the time out to to, to share your testimony and who knows who you are encouraging today and you said something that was so paramount as far as anything can be a drug anything can be a drug and you can stop the habit but you have to decide to do that so i thank you i thank you for that and also the guests out there and everyone Hey, we love y'all everyone that was watching and everybody shout out Right, sticking on, Miss Sharita, thank you, ma'am. Right, Miss Camille, I see you. Hey, Crystal, I see you. I see you, Miss Rochelle, sway, sway, and everybody else that's there and slay it all. This is the Lions' Den. Make sure, make sure that you share this and you share this because we want to help everyone. And also, having individuals on that is the testimony and that has walked the walk, got the t shirt and everything. Right. So, again, Miss Mary, thank you for being on and being so transparent again. So, mm-hmm. right? hey, everybody, look, y'all have a great, great, great week. Stay encouraged and we'll see y'all soon.
0: Later. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, breaker and radio public where you can subscribe or via rss so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you like or dislike this episode we'd appreciate your feedback on facebook at www.facebook.com slash lionscast check out the book the black collar mindset the art of strategic thinking on amazon Or www.TheBlackCollarMindset.com, a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.